Welcome in to another edition of the Daily Tap. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a good start to your week. We are talking about the Green Bay Packers controlling their own destiny as the road to the one seed has been paved clear by the Arizona Cardinals losing to the Los Angeles Rams on Monday night. We will chat through that. We will talk about how hard that road is. We'll talk about the importance of Lambeau Field in January. Not like you need any reminders, but we will discuss that. We'll go through the playoff machine exercise as we do on every Tuesday show. We'll also talk about the playoff schedule a little bit, why I got bailed out with the new playoff schedule, which I will hate, but I got bailed out uh, with my trip to Hawaii, so I'll go and get into that. We're also going to chat a little bit about Chris Middleton's injury, how that could affect the Bucs going forward. They're in a brutal stretch right now, and it's not going to get any easier for Milwaukee in the next few games. Middleton going down was probably the least likely thing you could have had happen. We'll talk about that. We probably won't hand out any golden kegs. It was not a good performance for the Bucs. I'll talk a little bit, too, about the Celtics and their sort of piss and vinegar suddenly against Milwaukee and why it really is irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Lastly, we'll bring back COVID Corner. Yes, you've been waiting for it. We're going to talk about the NFL and NBA COVID issues that are going on right now and why I think the leagues need to adapt immediately. Let's start, though, with the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers have a clear road to Lambeau paved for them. It is like a snowplow has come through and the road leads to Lambeau. The Packers can be the number one seed if they win out. Now, it is a must that Green Bay wins out because Tampa Bay has a very easy schedule. While Tampa Bay goes to Carolina, they go to the Jets. And while those games could be Super Bowl-like games for those teams who are not going to be in the playoffs, I guarantee you that Tampa Bay is going to be laser-focused and they are going to be dialed in. I don't expect Tampa Bay to trip over their dick on the road, even though they've been a bad road team all season. There is no way that Tom Brady will leave any stone unturned. But even if Green Bay and Tampa Bay finish with 14-3 records, the Packers will get in. I've not done Packer, Arizona, Tampa win out because Arizona has a very difficult schedule coming up after their game against the Lions this weekend. They have to play the Colts. They have to play the Cowboys. And oh yeah, by the way, Arizona cannot win at home, which has been a narrative that's developed. And Arizona wanted the respect. They wanted everybody to buy into the Cardinals. No one's no one's talking enough about the Cardinals, said guys like Ed Werder and others. And guess what? They got smacked at home. That game was not as close as the, the score indicates. The Rams dominated that football game. That was the Los Angeles Rams that I think everybody expected to see all season. A lot of what people expected out of the Buffalo Bills. Now granted, the Buffalo Bills, really admirable comeback. I think you can take a lot from that comeback. But what people expected the Buffalo Bills to do against the Buccaneers, where they just rise from the dead and say, we are not this fucking team. We are way better. We are going to contend for a Super Bowl. That is what the Los Angeles Rams did in that football game. That was an impressive game from from the Rams. Their best win of the season. Their best game of the season, in my opinion. So Arizona loses that one seed. That now belongs to Green Bay. Green Bay is at the king of the castle. It is not going to be easy for the Packers to keep it. 
Green Bay has to go to Baltimore. It is a very tough place to play. Now, the Packers have won there. There have also been some demons there. There was a disastrous Monday night football game there. And just not one of the my favorite places to play. Let's just put it that way. The Ravens are always a team that seems to have a horseshoe up their ass. They are like the East Coast Seahawks. They don't really play normal games. All their games are weird. Dumb stuff happens. They have Justin Tucker, who is an absolute assassin. And even if Tyler Huntley is the quarterback, we don't know who we're going to get. And I think we will not know until Sunday mid-afternoon whether Lamar or Tyler Huntley is going to be out there. I'm still going to be really worried about this one. I'm The Packers need to be buttoned up. They need to come out quick. I think that Aaron Rodgers can tear apart that secondary and maybe Baltimore is just too hurt. And the banged up Ravens are going to lead to failure. I'm not sure. I think the Packers win that game. I like the Packers, even if Lamar does play. I think the defense, the way the Packers have been able to take away the ball all season with a guy like Jackson who's really struggling with throwing interceptions, they have to be licking their chops. Like Rasul Douglas could get another pick six. Like it is not out of the realm of possibilities that Rasul goes with a three peat. You know, the, there's a line from this song, Bombs, from uh, Fabulous. I'm not going to try to quote it entirely, but he's like, I'm back on my bullshit. I'm back on my bullshit. One time, they're going to call it a fluke. Two times, they're going to say it's luck. So you got a three-peat or something like that. I, I butchered that entirely, but that's okay because I think there's a real opportunity for Green Bay to win against Baltimore, whether it's Lamar, whether it's Tyler Huntley, the vibes are just, it's a weird stadium. It's not, you don't feel good heading into Baltimore. Let's just put it that way. It's not an easy place to win. Baltimore has been really good at defending their home turf. Baltimore also knows that they need to keep winning with the very competitive AFC North, which the Packers will be right in the middle of because the Cleveland Browns come to town. Now, Cleveland does not have an offense to speak of, but that defensive line of Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett is already giving me nightmares if the Packers can't have David Bakhtiari back. They need David Bakhtiari back for that Browns game. It would be very beneficial to Green Bay if Bakhtiari can get his feet wet against the Ravens and then get ready for Miles Garrett because that is going to be a fucking challenge. And the Browns could beat the Packers in Lambeau on Christmas, could ruin all of our Christmases, could ruin the Packer-Bucks parlay that I think we'll all place in the state of Wisconsin. Like, if you don't place a Packer-Bucks parlay on Christmas Day, what the fuck are you even doing is, is my question. But regardless, the Browns can win that game with defense. And the Browns, I don't know if they can win it with running the football. I know the Packers haven't been that great at running the, uh, stopping the run, but I, I don't know if they have the outside guys like a Jakeem Grant, who I think that sort of style is going to be used against the Packers in the next few weeks. I don't know if you know this, but it's a copycat league in the NFL. I expect the, Ram, the Ravens to do a lot to the outside next week. I would imagine the Browns try something similar, maybe with Demetrius Felton who's a little bit of a faster back out of the backfield for Cleveland. We'll just have to see. It's going. There's a long way to go. And then you get the Vikings at home. I think the Vikings will be dead by then. The Vikings have to go to Chicago. They always play really weird games in Chicago. Who knows, that could be a loss. And then it's pretty much do or die against the Los Angeles Rams. If they win 
against Chicago, yes, that they have a better chance, but they do have to play the Rams. The Rams are going to want a victory. That's going to be a game with a ton of meeting behind it. But I do like Stafford in that matchup, and I do think the Vikings will be sort of dead to the ground. I also think that game's getting flexed out of Sunday night, by the way. I've looked at that slate, that that second day of the year of 2022. You have Cardinals-Cowboys. You have Bengals-Chiefs. You have Packers-Vikings. I think you have Ravens-Rams that, that week, too. Like, that is a loaded slate, and I just do not see the Packers... Vikings fitting into NBC's plans. I think NBC likes having the Packers on, but something tells me if they can get another Cowboys game out of the mix, I think they had the Cowboys the week before, so maybe they won't do Dallas, but definitely, oh, we can run back Mahomes and Burrow. Oh, we could go, we could go to, uh, you know, the Ravens and the Rams. That's great. There's a couple others too that are in there where you're like, okay, that could be a Sunday night game. I'd be surprised if that stays flexed or that stays in the the Sunday night spot. And then the Lions are the last game of the year. I know it's always weird in Detroit, but by that point, Detroit will already be booking trips to Cancun. They will want the number one pick. I think Detroit will lay down. And Detroit will probably have to lose that game because if they don't, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to get the number one, one pick overall as I believe the Jaguars are the living embodiment of the walking dead. The Green Bay Packers can easily do this. They are, it's not going to be easy, but they can easily win the next four games. I have the utmost confidence in this football team. They got to figure out the slow starts. They have to figure out the special teams, which we talked ad nauseum yesterday. But no team is perfect right now. I could look at Tampa Bay and how they went real conservative at the end and say that's a problem. I can look at Arizona and say... They can't win on the road. Kyler seems to not be comfortable in his home gym. That seems to be a problem. Um, uh, the Cowboys, their defense looks awesome, but Dak Prescott, like, what's going on with his leg? Uh, the New England Patriots, are we sure Mac Jones is the guy? Tennessee, do they have enough ample bodies to actually play with the big boys? I think they have a great test with Pittsburgh upcoming next week and I think we're going to actually see that a little bit out of Tennessee. Kansas City, is this really the Chiefs being back or are they just finally getting an easier schedule and Kansas City has suddenly come to life? How I'm trying to mold this together is that Green Bay isn't the only one with problems. There are question marks about every fucking team and that's how the NFL wants it. The NFL wants to keep you guessing. The NFL wants you to be on the edge of your seat just like you were watching the season finale of Succession. I won't spoil it. I had a great Succession slash Packer topic that I might need to do with Murph. Murph, big Succession guy. I feel like we could do a great like Packer Succession sort of piecing which players and which management staff fit in with everything. Again, if I say too much, I will spoil something, so I'm going to try not to here because uh, I don't want to give you a ricochet spoiler out of the fucking blue. I think the Packers will be the one seed. I, I just, it's a state of mind. It's a confidence thing. It's the idea that it will run through Lambeau. And yeah, Tampa could slip up, and I don't want to bet on that, but they have been bad on the road. The road games are Carolina and the Jets. It would take a colossal 
fuck up for something to happen there. I don't think Arizona is any much of a worry because they have a very tough schedule down the stretch. I really have a hard time, and I have a hard time seeing Dallas, same thing, rising up. They have a hard schedule. Um, they. I also don't buy entirely into Dallas just yet. And maybe it's the Mike McCarthy thing. Maybe it's just Dak Prescott. I don't know. I'm just not there yet with the Cowboys, and maybe that's my own my own biases there. But like I listened to Stephen A. Smith the other day when I was at the gym, and I know Stephen A. is a yard barker. He pontificates about everything. He hates the Cowboys. But this idea that the Cowboys choke when it matters the most like, did kind of stick with me because I'm like, when have we seen the Cowboys win a big game? Like, Pick your favorite big game the Cowboys have won in the last 15 years, 20 years. They always seem to puke on their shoes. And I realize, you know, sometimes that's meant to be broken. Like, look at Michigan. Michigan had that sort of mantra about them, and they were able to rise up and beat Ohio State. Now, I do think if Michigan, like, gets shit-pumped by Georgia in the playoff game, then it's going to be like, well, they beat a kind of a down-year Ohio State team, and, you know, all of a sudden the narrative changes, which it's kind of stupid, but that's... That's how we do sports these days. Nothing's the same. Everybody has some new angle that they want to come out with. So when we do the playoff machine here, I do have the Packers as the number one seed because I am confident that they can win win out and take this NFC. As for the rest of the NFC, here's how I have it playing out. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the two seed playing the Philadelphia Eagles. The three seed is the Arizona Cardinals against the Los Angeles Rams. And then the 4-5 matchup is Dallas and San Francisco. Yes, I have San Francisco beating LA in the final week of the season. I've had that for a while. Now, how has this changed? Not much, really. I don't. I think I had Tampa at two the last time. I don't have my phone with me because I'm an idiot. But I, I believe it was Tampa at two. I had the football team as the seven seed. Now I have Philadelphia in there. That would be an incredible season for Nick Sirianni. I don't think he'll get coach of the year, but that would be an incredible accomplishment for the Eagles to find themselves at the seven seed. In the AFC, if you're curious, I would have New England Tennessee, Kansas City, Baltimore. Tennessee would be playing Buffalo. Kansas City would be playing the Los Angeles Chargers. And Baltimore would be playing the Indianapolis Colts. Some really fun games there. Those All three of those games, those teams don't really like each other. Those, those are some nice little rivalries baked in. Cowboys-Niners is a fan rivalry more than it is a team rivalry. Uh, all the Jerry Rice, fucking Dwight Clark clips that your little heart can, can handle. Uh, but yeah, it, that's an awesome playoffs, man. And I went as far, because I'm a psycho, I went as far to be like, what What would the game times be? Where would we be looking? I think early Saturday, we'd go Buffalo, Tennessee. I think Saturday night, they would go San Francisco, Dallas. Sunday, no more of a noon start than Indianapolis at Baltimore. Los Angeles, Arizona is our afternoon game. And then Philly, Tampa Bay at night. And then Monday night, the LA Rams or LA Chargers, excuse me, against the Kansas City Chiefs. So there is a real possibility that the NFL could get the Cowboys on Saturday night, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday night, and Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night. Are you fucking kidding me? 
This is why the NFL just prints money. And yeah, the Packers will either face the Cowboys, the Niners, the the Rams, or the Eagles in round number two. And I will tell you right now, I do not want to play the do not want to play the San Francisco 49ers. There is a whole Heat Bucks sort of parallel. I realize that the the Bucks were able to overcome it, but the Niners have been kryptonite in the playoffs, and I do not want to see that team in January as they are a team built for Lambeau Field. So I do not want any part of that San Francisco team. And yes, I want Mike McCarthy to come back to Lambeau Field in what would be the most anticipated game of the playoffs unless we got Pack- we got Buccaneers, uh, Patriots, in the Super Bowl. Let me tell you, not, not enough people are talking about the fact that McCarthy and Rodgers could play against each other. It's like, it seems like a blind spot that people are missing. Like, everybody's obsessed about the Bucks patriots Super Bowl. But people, it's a real fucking shot that we could get McCarthy versus Rodgers in round number two. And I feel like Aaron Rodgers would have the ultimate fuck you game in that one and would tear up Dan Quinn's defense. But we'll see. Michael Parsons is a stud. Uh, no question about it. But yeah, that's the playoff machine for this week. I realize I went long. I rambled a little bit, but really fun last month of the season. It's going to be a ride. It starts with Baltimore, 325, Buck Aikman on the call. Hopefully the Packers can keep it rolling. Moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks. They did not play well tonight. The Bucks struggled. They lose to the Boston Celtics 117 to 103. They go two and two on their road trip, basically sandwich losses with two nice wins in the middle. It's like having a sandwich with just awful bread. So like stale bread or bread that's too small and you've you've a ton of meat but you don't have enough bread. Like that's basically what the Bucks road trip was in a nutshell. They also lose Chris Middleton, so that bread might be a little moldy. might have gave you the shits. It's not good. Uh, Middleton goes out with a hyperextended knee. Uh, he's probably going to be out for a little bit of time. Uh, they haven't said it. It doesn't seem like it's too serious. Middleton traveled back with the Bucks uh, tonight, which is really a good sign. And I'm not a doctor, not my guy Seth or anything, but if you have a bad like knee injury that's swelling, you probably are staying overnight to monitor to make sure that swelling isn't going to affect you too much when you're drive when you're flying home because when you're in the air your body swells up naturally. So they felt good enough about Chris Middleton's knee for him to come on the team plane heading back to Milwaukee on Monday night. Let's hope that there's no structural damage. It doesn't seem like there is and Middleton will probably just miss the rest of this week. I didn't realize how much of a gauntlet the Milwaukee Bucks have this week. They play six games in eight days. That is no way to treat a championship team. The Bucks have to play Indiana for one random home game on Wednesday night. Uh, Bucks Pacers. The Bucks have owned the Pacers. Pacers are playing really well, though. I will say, Pacers are playing really well. Probably the best they've played all season. Bucks will have to come out with some energy there. Then they go to New Orleans for one home, one road game in New Orleans before heading back for a back-to-back against the red-hot Cleveland Cavaliers, 
who just do not lose. They also cover like a madman. I took, I went against my Cavs. They really are my Cavs. They are my betting darling, which we can talk about on one of our gambling shows about how I just, you have those teams that you just love to invest in. I didn't invest in the Cavs because I thought five and a half was too much against the beat up heat. And turns out I was wrong. Uh, so yes, and then the Bucks get four days off before they're playing Houston on Wednesday, right before the Christmas holiday. So the Bucks need to kind of stay healthy here because there's not a ton of time off. There's not a ton of time for Milwaukee to be able to deal with injuries. But I, I would imagine that Chris Middleton is down for the next three games. You don't see him for Indiana. You don't see him for New Orleans. You don't see him for Cleveland. Maybe you don't see him for Houston either. Uh, he has Houston and then the Dallas back-to-back before playing Boston on Christmas Day. I think we'll have to obviously see the injury if it is a two-week thing. I, I'm not really that worried about not having Chris Middleton. It just takes away a shot creator. It takes away a guy that can get hot late. It takes away some of the playmaking ability that the Bucks have. We saw the Bucks struggle without Middleton when he had COVID. And hopefully they're not going to go back to that depth. You'd like to think that Milwaukee learned their lesson from, from having Middleton out. It also feels like one step forward, two steps back. You have Dante DiVincenzo coming back on Wednesday. So that's also a major lift for Milwaukee. Now, I would imagine Dante's on a minutes restriction. We talked a lot about Dante yesterday. But now with Middleton out of the equation, it actually probably makes it a lot easier to slot Dante in. And Rodney Hood stays, stays in the kind of the rotation for now. But yes, I'm not really shocked that the Bucks lost this one. I should have seen it coming from a mile away when I saw the Bucks were only favored by one. Uh, they took the Celtics to the death when they had no Giannis, and they really played well in that game against the Celtics a few weeks ago. And even with Giannis, they could not get it done. And partly it was the Celtics were playing with a little bit of passion. I think for the first time all year, I really saw a Celtics team that gave a shit out there. And they like beating the Bucs. I think Tatum has some issues with Giannis. Whatever they are, they were beating up the Bucs inside. They were very physical. And the Bucks could not really match that intensity. I don't think the Bucks wanted to match that intensity. It was a back-to-back of a road game. It was the last road trip or last road game of this trip. The Bucks just wanted to get home at some point. And the Boston team left them bruised. Grant Williams, he's a really unlikable player. And he was getting in the Bucks' head a little bit. You have the Bob Portis move where they nearly started a fight out there underneath the court. And you also had Jason Tatum going off. He had 42 points. Jalen Brown looked really good in his return as well. He's missed the last five games with an injury. He scored 19 points. He was pretty efficient from the field, plus 20. Uh, Al Horford hits the big three to kind of dagger. Giannis still really good against Al Horford. Grant Williams also in the unlikable category. Had 17-7 off the bench. So... It was not Bucks also gave up 23s again. I mean, that's been a problem now for the last few week, few games. The Bucks have been really lackadaisical about protecting the three-point arc. I don't know if that is a fatigue thing. I don't know if that's the Bucks relapsing into some of their problems that haunted them before the 2021 playoffs. 
But they have to clean that up. That has to get better. You're not going to win a lot of games when you're giving up 23s and having a team shoot 40% from three, 50% from the field. Um, Just a tough loss. And Bucks didn't really play all that well. It happens. It's it's an 82-game season. I'm just happy the Bucks are playing, unlike the Chicago Bulls tonight, who are canceled because of COVID. And that's where we get into COVID corner. I want to preface. I understand that talking about COVID is exhausting. We've done it for so fucking long that you might not want to listen to this. If that's your thing, cool. I will talk to you tomorrow. I think Mitch and I are going to be doing Tabbing the Keg. Hopefully you join us for that. For those that are staying, the NBA and the NFL have a real fucking problem on their hands. Everybody's testing positive for COVID. 36 players in the NFL yesterday tested positive for COVID. You could ask the Vince Lombardi, what the hell is going on out here? I'm not a scientist. I already said that about a knee injury and swelling. I don't pretend to be. I don't play one on TV. But what I will tell you is what's happening here is a lot of these guys who got the, the vaccine do not understand that the vaccine wears off. Unfortunately, there is not a long threshold with this vaccine. Now, some players might have said, I'm going to get the vaccine and then I'm just done. I'm just done with it and I'm not going to not going to go back. I personally was like that a few weeks ago probably late October, early November, I was kind of on the side of that because I was like, why do I need to keep getting this? I don't get the flu shot. I'll be fine. Like, it's not a big deal. And then maybe a week later, a buddy of mine popped positive for COVID. Now, granted, I I never, I actually never got tested. And we'll put a pin in that for a second. I never got tested. And then I said, all right, you know what? I should get my booster. Why risk it? We still don't know a lot about it. I think at some point the rubber will hit the road where booster shots become similar to flu shots. But at this point, we're still at a point where we need to have boosters happen and shots go into arms. I don't think a lot of NFL players and NBA players are thinking that way. When they're like, hey, you're up for your booster. You should go get boosted so we avoid COVID because the waning effects of it. I don't know. Players are so much more empowered these days to make their own calls. We already know what Aaron Rodgers does. We already know about other unvaccinated people like Cole Beasley, Kirk Cousins. Uh, there's another quarterback too, I think, that's unvaccinated. Oh, Carson Wentz. So, got it. There are a lot of people with a ton of voices and there will be people that would voice against a mandated booster shot. Now, Rodgers would not be part of that mandate and no, the NFL has not done that for their players. Tier one personnel, so like Matt LaFleur has to get his booster, for example, but none of the players do at this point. I think they would love if that was possible. I doubt that the league will mandate that. I would be shocked if they do. So how do you fix this? How do you fix this without a mandate? You just have to stop testing. You have to stop testing. It cannot be something that is tested every week. It's not something that should be tested every two weeks. Going back to my personal story, I did not come in contact with, I came in contact with someone with COVID. 
but I never got symptoms, so I never got tested. I think right now we should be on the honor system. And I realize that some players do not have the ability to be on the honor system. And I understand that there are athletes who will lie, cheat, do whatever it is to get on their collective field or court. But I think right now we need a little bit of honesty hour and asking some of these guys who are vaccinated to say, do you want to get consistently tested or will you be honest with me about these five questions? And the five questions are, did you come in contact with anybody with COVID? Do you have any of the symptoms of COVID? And, you know, I don't know, something else. But those those are the type of questions that need to be asked and instead of testing all the time. If you're like, yeah, my wife tested positive for COVID, go then all right, then put him in protocols. But there's no reason to be testing as much as the, as people are doing. COVID is no longer part of a pandemic. It's an endemic. It's going to be here for a long fucking time. We're never going to get zero COVID. I think we all need to get that through our head. And we need to learn how to adapt to how COVID is now. And hopefully anyone that's old, anyone we come in contact with are getting their boosters. I, again, I don't think it's really that important to wear a mask, so I will not advocate that. Because I think mask wearing inside is not really going to get the job done. What's gonna get the job done is getting older people boosted, making sure that the vaccine inefficiencies go right back up for the winter season. And that's another thing. And that's this is going to be the last thing because I've probably talked too much about this already. COVID is a seasonal disease. It's the same as the flu. When it gets colder, there's more opportunity for COVID. And so be, that's why everything is rising. But because our media, mostly local news, wants to pump in fear porn and scare you all to fucking death when in reality this is what it was last year this is what's going to be for a long time forward they would rather sell you on the clicks the engagements the idea that covid is this scary monster still it is if you're unvaccinated but if you're not you have a real opportunity to just live your fucking life and i hope you do that i hope you take advantage of it Hope you don't feel bad if you get COVID and you're like, well, I contributed to this spread. How the fuck should you know? And it's like the flu, it's like the stomach flu, all right? We all we've all been in situations where a baby or a parent gave gave everybody the stomach flu at a at an event. As long as everybody's protected, I think you'll be okay. Does it for our show. I'm sorry if I talked a little too long about COVID. I will review the tape on that. I didn't have it in front of me on how long I was going. So if it was too long, just let me know in the comments. I did not hit, hit you guys with the rate, review, subscribe. Please do that. If you do leave me a review, you send it to me. I will drop you a little cash to buy yourself a beer. Maybe your significant other as well if you have one of those. Um, we'd also really appreciate you following us on social media. Tabbing the keg on Twitter, which needs a rebrand, by the way. I'm going to try to take care of that in a little 
few weeks. I'm sure when I say that, I'll probably in a fucking month be like, yeah, we still need a rebrand on that Twitter. Um, and then we're on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, tapping the keg sports there. All right, Mitch, tomorrow we'll talk, I'm sure, a lot about the Packers. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the Bucks. I'm also sorry for not talking about Marquette. I, I know I kind of neglected mentioning Marquette's loss to UCLA. The COVID stuff I really wanted to talk about, so that's why that kind of supplanted Marquette. Really, the story of Marquette is they just do not have an offense, and they have a pretty good defense. Has been an issue for Shaka Smart in the past, but I'm not I'm not ready. I mean, it's way too early to be critical, and Shaka has done a pretty good job thus far. So I'm not, not even going to fucking go there. Um, and it was mostly said in jest. Just let the record show. All right. Take care of yourself. Have a great Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. All right. See you. Bye.